Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. From Mamma Mia, I'm Mandy Nolan and you're listening to The Split, the adult guide to separation and divorce. This week we're talking about getting support and if I can give you one piece of advice, it's that you can't do it on your own. You need to reach out to the people around you in your life, to your friends, to whatever counselling or support is around there and to your family. Find a friend or family member or a few friend or family members that you can check in with and download. I found journaling really helpful to get me through, to help me process thoughts and not knee-jerk respond to things. You're going to go through a lot and if you can find a friend, um, for me it was a girlfriend that I found down here and she just accepted all parts of me. Initially, you kind of feel weird about it because you're having to go to your friends and tell them something about your life and yourself that makes you feel really vulnerable and sometimes you feel like a failure and sometimes you're going to be telling them stuff that you're not comfortable with, like it's the really kind of deep part of yourself that we don't always show, even to our really closest friends. So this is an opportunity, I think, in your friendships to, to actually go a little deeper. Many of my friends, I think, felt really honoured and actually really privileged that I trusted them enough to share this part of my life with them and that I needed them and I so appreciated them. I also think it's really important when you seek the help of another person and support that you acknowledge that and that you don't do it too much. Like I was really aware I wasn't wearing anybody out. So apart from my friends, I think the one person that I really turned to for support during this really hard time was my mum. So today we're going to speak with Carol, community development worker and my mum. Hello, Carol. Hi. So, mum, this is kind of, um, it's funny because I've never really chatted to you, I think, about the support you've given me over the years around my relationships and the breakup. So it's very self-centered of me as the daughter to not even think about what it must have been like for you going through that process. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what has it been like for you? <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah, supporting me and listening to me. I can't imagine it's been easy over the years, you know, having to just give back support and love. You must have been worried. So what's it been like? I was very concerned. It wasn't easy. One of the things I do remember is very clearly where we were. And they say that when it shows the importance of something to you, if you can remember where you were, and I know that the place wasn't significant, but to me it was, you know, it was just that I remembered where we were and, and how you told me. And I remember thinking how that initially, I wasn't surprised, but I was really sad. I remember yeah. feeling really sad because I'm not big on change always. <laughs> and yeah. I like the family to stay, would have loved the family to stay intact, but I... Yeah, I could see, I suppose part of it too. In some ways, I watched during the marriage, particularly in those last 
you know, 18 months or so, I could see the deterioration of the relationship. I'd seen you sad up, which made me sad. As a mum, do you feel like you could say anything to me about it or are you just hoping that things would change? Like how, how, how far do you think you can go in that relationship? Because you know I'm not someone that likes being told anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess that, yeah, absolutely. I really wanted to say to you when you were telling me and I could see you'd agonised over it. I could see you were really struggling and it was really hard for you to negotiate everything that was, you're about to have to, you know, take on. But I wanted to say to you, hey, hey, um, do you think you could just kind of try and work things out? Because the whole family unit is not going to be the same. And um, But I would never have said that to you. That was more about me than it was about you. Yeah, I was more concerned. Because you really yeah. had, I mean, with... With my ex-husband, you really had a really nice relationship. Is it hard actually loving a new person in the family as the mum, like your your son-in-law, and then having to say goodbye? I mean, I imagine there's a grief in that. Oh, absolutely. Absolute grief. I I can remember thinking when it happened, for a little while, for a couple of days, it took, took a while for me to actually for it to kind of, for me to comprehend it. And when I did, I just got this overwhelming, um, oh, so heavy-hearted and sad. And I just didn't want it, I just so didn't want it to lose that relationship I had with him. And I kept thinking, oh, my God, I'm losing I'm losing my son-in-law. What's, what's my relationship going to be like now? No more Christmases. I'll probably start crying. <laughs> no more Christmases and birthdays and... You know, holidays like we used to, and then I, you know, and I was terrified, terrified and sad that I was losing it, that I'd lose that, that I wouldn't ever see him again. Yeah, that was yeah. Because that is that is a bit that change is you know it's sort of mm. what holds you know and losing that is what holds you back sometimes. So if you had to give any advice to someone, mum, and to another mum about how to support their daughter going through mm. a situation like this, what advice would you give them? I guess the biggest part is being able to just listen, to be honest. I know that everybody says that, but it's one of the hardest things, you, you know, when we say that, it's not the easiest thing to do, is to be able to um, put yourself aside and your own emotions and feelings and just be there for the other. That's not easy, but that's because I think um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't have the money to fix your financial issues. I didn't have the, which some people may have. There was no magic ones, which there never is. But that, for me, was the thing, the fact that you entrusted yourself and the listening part, for me, was the big thing. And I'd have to shut up sometimes because I know that, I, as you said, you don't like taking advice and I, I obviously like giving it. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it's hard when you are. In the, I find myself with my own daughters doing the same thing. If you're someone who's helped a loved one get through a separation or divorce, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au or tell us about it in our Facebook group. Just search The Split. Find a friend or family member or a few friend or family members that you can check in with and download. Once they're aware of the situation, a good friend or family member is always going to want to support you. But I found that process of being able to 
keep someone updated, how's your week going, this is the progress I've made, that download was very, very important. Also, seek medical advice. If you're feeling overwhelmed, go to the GP. You can actually get a referral to go and see a, um, a psychologist, which you do get a Medicare rebate on. I found that a really good process when you think, especially when you think you've overexhausted all your friends, like you don't want to be spilling out this negative journey all the time to friends and family because it burdens them with information, I guess, as well, as much as they want to be a part of your healing process, if you like. But the um, going and seeing a psychologist was excellent um, in a way that it was kind of someone independent who is able to tell you, no, you're not going crazy. You are just feeling overwhelmed and it's a lot to process and a big change and um, I found that really beneficial as well. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody anywhere and in case you missed it we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favorite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. I found journaling really helpful to get me through, to help me process thoughts and not knee-jerk respond to things. So by journaling, I would write all my thoughts out. I would write what happened down and what I thought about it. And it helped me clarify rather than having an argument every time I was hurt or upset or angry, I would consolidate my thoughts. And I went to a counsellor um, post-breakup and, um, and it was useful in terms of just spending all day crying and that kind of stuff. It got all my, in my head straight, but she provided some advice which was very instructive and very specific, which wasn't actually very useful because um, it wasn't aligned with the kind of person I was. So um, my ex had had an affair and um, she had said that I needed to just get out and leave and this kind of stuff. And I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old and I wasn't mentally strong enough. I wasn't prepared to leave. I wasn't in any danger, my kids were safe, and I just needed to process and get through things, like mentally. And so for me, it was better to stay put and separate, but just stay put and look after my kids and try and keep things stable and work through. So how do you best support a loved one going through separation? We spoke to relationship counsellor and psychotherapist Melissa Ferrari in episode one and she joins me again today. Melissa, what can friends do during this time to support their loved ones? I'm I'm really glad you're asking me that question, Mandy, because what's really interesting about when we are with a couple who's breaking up, particularly if it's a relative or a sister or a brother or someone close, is that it really sparks some of your own worries about yourself in relationship or that kind of experience of, you know, I hope that's never me. And so I think that what happens is people tend to put a lot of their own opinion and influences onto the couple that are thinking of separating. And so it can be kind of even come across as judgments or come across as, you know, well, 
I'm going to give you some advice advice about it because that's okay for me to do and because I'm someone that believes divorce is wrong or all of the things that we come at, come up with around divorce. I think my biggest thought on that would be keep some of your own um, thoughts or projections or anxieties to yourself and just be there for the person that's actually going through a separation because if you have ever gone through one it is one of the most difficult things Mm. in the world to go through when you've got to that point you know it is heartbreaking for yourself heartbreaking to know that you've broken someone else's heart and and so many disappointments so I think really just being present if you're a friend or a relative and just put some of your own stuff aside and just be with them would be um, my best advice there. And what about for the person who's going through a divorce? How could they best look after themselves? Because as you said, they're going through the hardest time of their lives. How could they do a bit of caretaking to make sure that they're still available if they have children, that they can still go to work? You've still got to keep your life running and you're, you know, internally you'd have so much turmoil what what can they do to look after themselves look I always say to people you know when something like that's happening go where the love is so go to any friends that do and family that do make you feel really good go to the friends and family that are very very supportive rather than judgmental create those relationships that do have that safety and security that you're now losing through the divorce of course get a therapist which is you know I'll, I will advise that day and night because I think it's so helpful mm. um, and and also doing some things maybe that help you recognize that I don't have to be in a partnership you know I now have the ability or, or I'm able to actually go out and not so much find myself again, but but able to recreate myself again. I can do the things that I couldn't do before because I was in a partnership, because I had to consider another and the impact on them. So go out and do those kind of things, you know, the heart's desire, the things that you've always wanted to do that's going to make you happy in a way that's healthy, of course, and do those things around self-care, meditation, eating well, exercise, get all the positive hormones going again because, you know, the vulnerability to mental health issues, depression, anxiety coming up around a divorce are very, very high. And so doing those kind of things that you know are good for you and and are what we call self-care, I think is really important. So what about, Melissa, when you've been left, I suppose, and almost without any warning? Because we talk about, you know... In the podcast, we're talking a lot about relationships breaking down, but it seems to be a lot of our conversation is where there's some sort of consensus between the couple. But what if you're the one? How do you, how do you emotionally cope with what happens when you're the one who's been left? Well, you know, there's such a thing called broken heart syndrome where it is just so devastating that for some people it, it even does affect, affect the heart and some people have even known to end up in emergency because of it. That you know, happened it's, to my it's, friend. Her, what happened? She had yeah. a, she got heart palpitations and her boobs got bigger. Oh, did they really? <laughs> it was unbelievable. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I yep. thought she was making it up, then I had a look. <laughs> yes, and um, it's, yeah, it's very... 
unbelievable isn't it and um you know it really does create that that um bro- broken heart and you're actually having that physical reaction and so i think if if something like that does suddenly happen to you you know i really i really feel like it's a place to kind of just for a little while just really go inward you know like really go into how do i take care of myself because i think it can be such a vulnerable place and the feelings can be so strong around the devastation of what's happening. So, again, you know, some of those things that I talked about around self-care and, and not doing things that are too impulsive, you know, we can start to decide, and not everybody, but some, you know, to, to go out and start that new, you know, Tinder profile or, or all of those kind of things. I think it's a time to really take stock and take care of yourself because, um it is a time where, particularly if you're someone who has experienced abandonment issues as a child and, and something significant like this happens, it can really become a, a mental health problem. And so being able to stay calm and, and, and focused in yourself where, you know, right now, I'm going to be boundaried around taking care of myself. If there are people who aren't good for me, I'm not going to be around them right now because it's a time that I've really got to be nourished and um, give myself the good stuff because it is such a vulnerable time. If you want to hear more from Melissa, visit her website, melissaferrari.com.au. I separated from my partner about five months ago after 15 years of marriage. I have a six-year-old daughter. One of the most beneficial things, because we are sharing custody, so we do 50-50 share, is online non-parenting time is to take care of myself. It is to exercise, it is to sleep, it is to read a book, it is to listen to a podcast, it's not to clean the house frantically and do all the washing and things like that. It's actually just to take a time, take a step. If you want to have a cry, have a cry, have a bath, catch up with friends if if that's what you want to do. Um, try not to work too much. And that they're the things that I found that's the, the biggest thing. It's that taking that time and kind of just go roll with the punches. You're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. But in the end, they're the, um, I think that's the most important thing, kind of really, really take care of you. Um, it, it's certainly not a cheap process going through lawyers and things like that. But in the end, I think it's um, it's all going to work out for the best for all involved. What if you're being a support to someone else? It's something that I've done and done really happily because I've been through the situation, I think having been through separation and divorce, it gives you a lot of insight about how someone might be feeling when they're going through the same process. So I have supported quite a few friends through it. And it's been different every time. And I was really aware of the emotional stages that they're in. You know, people do go through a bit of denial. They go through anger, a lot of resentment. And when the blame hits, it's kind of hard to not get caught up in that because you really want to be a sounding board for your friend they need to get this off their chest but you also don't want them to get stuck in it because that's not a great place to be either so sometimes what I do is just hear the person like you don't need to give 
any responses. It's not up to you as a friend to solve your friend's problem. They're the ones that have to come up with the solutions for themselves. Sometimes you just need to hear them. And sometimes you need to say, hey, let's just go do something nice. Let's go to the beach. Let's go play a game of tennis. Let's go for a walk. Let's do a yoga class. Let's do something that's kind of enriching and nourishing. And sometimes it takes you off the topic a little bit and it can actually just feed back in developing that friendship. And sometimes what that person needs is intimacy from your friendship. And that's enough to give that as support. Just find your person, find your girlfriend that is going to be there for all of the bits. You're going to go through a lot. And if you can find a, a friend, for me, it was a girlfriend that I found down here and she just accepted all parts of me and, you know, the grief-stricken parts and the happy parts and the sick parts. And if you can find that person and just lean on them as much as you can and really open up to them, that will, that will be a huge support. Now it's time for the part of the show where your questions get answered. Nama Winston is a former lawyer and she's been happily divorced for 10 years now. So Nama, as a friend, what's the one thing that you can do if you have a loved one going through divorce? I think the number one thing is no judgment. So when I left my husband and I moved into a much smaller apartment, having gone from a beautiful family home that I'd taken a lot of pride in and had worked for years to, you know, make my own and everything, my wonderful sister helped <laughs> help me move and she put down the last box and she just looked at me and she just looked around this tiny little apartment and she just burst into tears. And I said to her, this is a good thing. This is the right thing for me. And I, I had to reassure her. But ever since then, I think she's really struggled with it. She's really struggled with this is the life that you had before and it's different now as a single person. And I think, and it's made me not want to open up always about, you know, any challenges or anything. So I think that's the thing. If you really want to be a real friend, you just have to remove all of the judgment. I found what I really wanted from my friends was for them to shut up and just give me a hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's really what we what we all want at any any point. Like, I had a friend who would be like, "Don't you know?" My son was two and a half when I left, and I loved bringing him into bed. Like now, I didn't have a partner there, and she she had separate. This other friend had separated five years before me, and she said to me don't bring him into bed because then when eventually you get another partner, you know, he'll find it really difficult to, oh, my God, just shut up. Just, you know, I don't, you know, you should be really conscious of make sure you bring someone to dinner, you know, don't, don't you know, you're not good enough on your own, you know, that kind of message all the time. So, I, and it affected our friendship. So I think if you feel judged and if you're judging another person, then that's got to affect a friendship. It can. I found the other thing that really annoyed me was even though I was going through the divorce and separation that I would say something, you know, because you have to download about something about your partner and then your one friend would go, oh, I never liked him. And, yeah. and I'm like, that just felt like a real betrayal. Like mm. I, It was kind of like I'm okay to have this because I was in a relationship but you suddenly telling me you never liked him. Like mm. I told, I knew this wouldn't work. That mm. That didn't actually feel supportive, that kind of statement. What do you... Particularly, I think, because 
if that person, if that former partner was like the father of your children as well, you feel like, you know, you still have to have like, it doesn't matter if, it, this is the thing, the principle with family, right, ultimately, that, you know, you can complain about your sister or your mum or something like that, but you don't want to actually hear that from other people. It hurts. And it's okay if you say it, but it hurts if, mm. if you hear that judgment from others. It also makes you feel stupid, doesn't it? Because you go, well, everybody else knew. Yeah. Why didn't I know? Yeah. And I remember once wanting to say, well, let's talk about your husband then, (laughs) which is a horrible, petty, knee-jerk reaction. What did you do with your wedding photos? I'm I'm interested because I've got them and they're really beautiful and they're of this beautiful day. Yeah. But I had to put them in a box and and I put some out for my kids. Mm. But it's weird how that kind of... I find them hard to look at because we were really happy. I had such a beautiful wedding in such a beautiful venue that if I ever got married again, I would do exactly the same thing. Like That is how much I loved my wedding day. It was just really small, simple, lunchtime wedding or a very simple dress and everything. So I have great memories of that day. I had a really happy marriage for a long time. The majority of it was happy even until right at the end. It was just those other 5% shitty times, difficult times that outweighed everything, right? So I have a lot of really good memories and I actually just don't hate my ex. He is the father of my child. I met him when I was 19 and I spent all of my 20s with him. So he is, oh, kills me to say it, but ultimately a very, very important chapter of my life. So I kept all of my wedding stuff and my photos and my dress and, you know, I kept my ring. I remodelled it into something that my son could wear maybe later, a signet ring. Yeah, I think that that's important because if I look back now, like my parents separated, but you still want to know that they liked each other. I think that's true. And I think I think there's this tendency to feel like you have to engage in a character assassination yes. when you become divorced. Mm. And maybe that's something friends can realise too is that to give you support, they don't have to engage in that kind of conversation about your ex-partner with you. Mm. If you have a question, email podcast at mamamia.com.au or ask us in our closed Facebook group. Just search The Split in Facebook. That's it for The Split this week. Next week on The Split dating again. I threw myself out there under Tinder. I had two short, so about eight weeks long, but very intense relationships with two men on Tinder, one of whom remains one of my best friends today and one of whom we will nickname Voldemort. The Split is produced by Eliza Ratliff for Mamma Mia. I'm Mandy Nolan and if you want more information about separation, head to mamamia.com.au.